Hi, I'm Jeannie Kelly, your credit coach, and I'm so excited to have April Stewart, the money coach, on. Hi, April. Hi, Jeannie. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm great. I'm excited. I'm so excited to have you on, but I'm excited to hear how you got involved. In be well, you are a self-made millionaire, and I know you love sharing your story. So can you tell me how you got started? So um, personal finance wasn't something that I was taught growing up. Um, I would say, if anything, I was taught what not to do with money. And um, when I went to college, I was given advice by family members um, to do things like get a credit card so I can stop building my credit. But to me, that sounded counterintuitive because I didn't have a job. I didn't have income. So I'm like, how am I going to pay this off? So um, I just realized that as I, you know, graduated college, began to work and get an income, um, I had to figure out what to do with my money. So because I wasn't, you know, being taught what to do by those around me, I just had to start to study it for myself. So I began to read books, um, listen to, this is a little before podcasts, so listen to radio shows, just TV shows, anything I could um, get my hands on to start learning about money and what to do with it. And how long have you been working on well how long have you owned your own business since um 2020 officially so i um stepped out into the coaching world in 2020 um okay. started, i launched my first um offerings then okay and i did see that you have and i know that um we'll post this but you have a millionaire uh money checklist yes that sounds incredible. I love that. And so you, your goal is to share your tips with others, right? And you have courses? Yes. Yes. So I do, um, I do group coaching. So, well, group and one-on-one -on -one coaching, but I, I coach around um, teaching women. Um, I also work with men kind of on the one-on-one -on -one space, but my group coaching is a space for women, but teaching them how to take the salaries that they have, um, manage it well, store it, and then multiply it in terms of their net worth. So I don't teach you how to make more money or anything like that, because a lot of the women that I work with are high achieving career professionals. So they're making the money. They just don't know how to manage it. So they're basically making it and spending it all. They have very little to show for what they're making. So I teach them how to correct that so that they're actually building well, so that they're um, retiring comfortably and with dignity, and they're able to, you know, take care of their lives and not really live paycheck to paycheck, um, even on high, high income or, you know, a good income. Right. Yeah. Because a lot of times, even in the credit world, people will think just because you make a lot of money that then you have a great credit score. But that's not the case. You know, if you don't know what you're doing with it, you can have the same problems yes. it's just maybe they're larger problems you know more more and money that's, involved that's what i tend to see um with the higher incomes i tend to see that there's a lot you know more debt there's a lot um you know they're very high ex living expenses um what i like to call lifestyle inflation lifestyle creep um i guess to to look the part of the income that you make you just you spend a lot um so i find that with the higher income comes a lot, you know, higher everything else. Yeah. And with your course, is it, you're saying it's group session, but is there a certain amount of time it takes? Um, so it's a, a 12 week program. So we work together over three months and we do bi weekly coaching sessions. So it's, um, 
in between the sessions, I like to, because a lot of, you know, my clients are working professionals with careers and families and all that. So I like to give them time to actually work through the material in between our calls. So that's why we do it biweekly. So they can work on the material and then we meet to talk about implementation, strategies, their questions, all of that. So um, it's designed to work with um, their busy lifestyles. And can you work with anyone nationwide? Does it matter location? No, it doesn't, especially um, if we work one-on-one because, you know, you we, we have access to each other's calendars just to, to book time that works for us with my group coaching. Um, as long as, because I do it currently on Wednesday evening, so as long as that works for someone's schedule, then, you know, they're open. I mean, I'm, sometimes, you know, if you're here in the U.S., my time, and then they're in another country, you know, the group session might be, you know, a weird time for them, but... Um, but a lot of those, like some of the international people tend to work one-on-one so that we can find a time that works for them, for both of us. Okay. Yeah. Cause I think like putting the whole word budget, people don't like to hear that. Right. Do you find that? Cause even if I say a credit diet, they're like, <laughs> whoa. And so it's almost changing your thought process. It's part of being the coach, even regarding credit. And I'm sure just like you with finances with money, it's therapy. <laughs> you know, it's talking Absolutely. them through. Yeah. So yeah, and with the, the word budget, so um, if there tends to be a split, a lot of people don't like the word budget because they feel that it's restrictive. But I think that they um, just really don't understand what it is and what the power of it is. But I tend to use the word spending plan because it is um, more comprehensive and it actually is more. Accurate. You're going to spend money each month regardless. So what we're doing is creating a plan for how you're going to spend it, being intentional about how you spend it. So um, that's what we that's the term I tend to use with my my clients and in my program. Yeah, I love that because it's true. We have to we are going to spend it. So why not have a plan for that? And yeah. a lot of times we're just not thinking about it until you're wondering where is the money going? Why am I living paycheck to paycheck? And a lot of times you're afraid to ask for help. So you you may not want to go to maybe your parents because maybe also you feel they're not financially sound, right? Or then you think of a financial advisor and sometimes you're embarrassed because you're trying to even just pay your bills on time you know you make the income but you just don't know where to start so mm -hmm. and that's the thing um especially i think what's important is to get outside of what your norm is so as you mentioned you may not be able to go to your parents for advice because um you know they may not have the financial savings the know-how or even your friends and family so a lot of times it's pulling yourself out of your immediate circle out of your immediate community to do something different like i feel like if we keep doing what we've always done, um, you know, what we've always been comfortable with, um, we're going to keep getting those same results. So sometimes you just have to shake up that comfort level. You have to step out and do something different. Work with a coach to, you know, figure out how to um, get your credit, uh, you know, optimize and um, work with a, you know, a financial coach to learn how to maximize the use of the income that you make. Sometimes you just have to do something different. And I love that you're saying you have uh, groups every other week, because if you are having to step out of your circle for this help, it's nice having others going through the same thing with you, right? That, 
you cheer each other on inside the group, even when you don't know each other. It's just nice that you're yeah. you're all trying to learn, you know, at the same pace if you're doing it, you know, in those 12 week um, yeah. sessions. And building the community and also learning from each other's questions, each other's um, scenarios, like what's going on with their finances. A lot of times, you know, the women say it's, it's just good to hear the questions that others ask or the things that they're dealing with, because um, I wouldn't have thought to ask that question. So um, there's definitely power in community. What's your favorite thing that you do for your career right now? Um, I would say the favorite thing I do, quite honestly, is the coaching. Like I love to talk to the women about their um, their situations, their their money, you know, their fears, everything, especially that. I love to really help put them at ease, like help them to understand, you know, we're human. We make mistakes. There are things that happen. It's okay. You're here. Like you've taken the important first step. Like we can turn it around. And the reason I say the coaching part, because of course, as a business owner, you know, there's the business as well. There's all the other things you have to do. And um, those things are, are good. I don't say I, I won't say I don't enjoy them, but I love when I can just put on the coach hat and I don't necessarily have to put on the marketing hat or the sales hat or the, you know, all those other hats. And I can just be the coach and just really connect one on one with the client. Yeah. And I ask everyone who comes on the podcast and you did touch base on it. But how did you learn about credit? Um, I would say for me, it was really through reading, um, you know, books I read. And then um, over time, I would say most recently um, through the podcast. And then actually, I would say I'm learning even more about it now as a business owner. Because um, in my personal life, my personal credit. Um, so when I started my financial journey, I became debt free. And I didn't really rely on debt. So I I stopped using like my credit cards, everything. I mean, I had, of course, like my house, my mortgage that I was still paying on. So that kind of kept things active. But um, I actually stepped away from, you know, using credit, using credit cards and everything for a while. And now I'm being a business owner um, or a full time business owner now. Um, I'm now starting to build up business credit. So I feel like I'm learning about credit all over again through this process um, in, in terms of like trying to establish credit for my business. Um, so, and that's been through, again, podcasts um, and, you know, some reading and just talking to other people, talking to other business owners, really right. um, learning what they're doing and what I can implement. Yeah. I mean, that's why we do the podcast, right? To, to help share this information. I mean, I love getting on the podcast. I'm so grateful to have you on today because I know with learning how to budget and and just learn about money more right mm -hmm. it, you do need the guidance you know because a lot of times when you're learning on your own i feel like sometimes you're missing a step so you can take away that pain of missing that step with going to the expert you know like when you say that you became debt free just now that i mean what a great i mean that's the relief of feeling that way. How long did it take you to do that? And how did you do that? So it took me um, eight, eight months. So when I started my financial journey, my financial transformation, as I call it, I was $25,000 in debt and I paid it off in eight months. So if you do the math, thank you. That's a little over $3,000 per month. So that was, that was a hefty pull. Um, and I did it really. What made all the difference for me was my spending plan. 
So prior to that, I didn't have insight into what I was doing with my money. My money was a black hole to me. I made it. I spent it. You know, it came in and it went. And once I created my budget um, spending plan, you know, whatever you want to call it, that really gave me clarity and insight into my money and what I was doing with it. And I realized I have more of it than I, you know, than I thought. Um, So then I was able to get really focused on what I did with it. I was able to direct it towards my financial goals. Um, And I didn't I didn't take on a second job. I didn't really work overtime. I mean, I was a salaried employee, so there wasn't really overtime to work per se. Maybe I worked a couple of extra hours here and there, but it just really was about um, just getting intentional about what I did with my money. And I mean, it was an intense period of time. I knew that I didn't want this process to take forever. So I really got focused and intense. So it was just, you know, kind of foregoing some life for that period of time while I knocked that goal out. But um yeah, that's that's how I did it. It wasn't sometimes people think, did you sell and did you sell things? Did you take a second job? I would have if I needed to, but mm-hmm. I just really managed and really got laser focused on the income I had and just used it well. Yeah, I'm reading a book right now that talks about that. They it, basically uh what the gentleman was saying is when I'm going to these companies and people want to have build more um, wealth within their clientele, they're not getting more more jobs or even more people, more customers. They're actually focused on what they have and just putting together a better plan. Mm-hmm. And so that's so interesting because I was going to say, did you have to have several jobs or multiple streams of income? Is that something you do now? Um. So now I'm full time in my um, my coaching business. So um, my stream of income just pretty much comes from from my coaching business. Um, so yeah, uh, no, I'm just just really focused on um, you know hunkering down on this, growing. I try to really um, utilize the power of a focus. So I will say I did try to. I thought that this year would be the year I stepped into real estate investing. So. I started off the year trying to do that in addition to just becoming a full-time entrepreneur and really getting things under my feet with the business. And I was like, I can't do these both things at the same time. Like I really have to go head on um, into my business, get things stabilized and growing here. And then maybe I can, you know, step back and focus on maybe some of the real estate investing or other things I wanted to do. But, um, but yeah, I just feel like right now I'm in a really focused, um, a growth stage for my business. Yeah. And once you master, right? I always say if you master that your business and you master it exactly how you want it, then you get it down how, exactly how it flows perfectly for you and your clients and then it is easier to to branch out and do more things and you keep saying the word focus and I have to say, okay, here's my oh, <laughs> that I do a um a word of the year mm-hmm. and uh I'll always do, you know, I have to have the word placed everywhere and focus was 2022's year <laughs> word. Okay. Uh so and it is so true because when you are paying attention and focused on the plan, we can talk all the time. It's it's when we focus and we implement and we take action and the knowledge is there. Your course, you know, you have things open right now. So it's just taking that leap of faith and saying, I'm ready. I'm, I'm, I don't want to be living paycheck to paycheck or I don't want to not be building wealth when you know you can. 
right? Mm-hmm. And even if it's that small amount, you know, with some of the some of the books that I've read. Well, tell me your favorite books that helped you learn when it came to financings. Um, of course, the um, the classic uh, Dave Ramsey's Total Money Makeover was one of the first ones I read, and then um, also Every Day. Well. So, as I was saying, it was like more popping to my head. But The Millionaire Next Door was really um, instrumental for me. Um, I really liked also um, Everyday Millionaire. I believe that's the name of it by Chris Hogan, because that just taught you how a lot of times we confuse the lifestyle and habits of millionaires with that of a celebrity. So mm-hmm. we think, um, you know, they live in mansions and they drive expensive cars and all of that. And it's like, no, they're the people next door. Like they're everyday people. Um, you're thinking about celebrities. And right. um, so those, I would say, were, uh, were were key books for me. Yeah. And some of the ones that I really enjoyed is like the, the classics, Napoleon Hill or The Alchemist, mm-hmm. where I learned even being poor, because, you know, I was in debt, in the red, trying to pedal my way out of that but I still learn to take that little tiny bit where you're not even sure how you can pay your bills but you can take that 10% you know and just start that way it was just something mm-hmm. that helped me begin because I read it and I, I thought to myself well there's no way because I'm not paying my bills so how can I save 10% but then when you start and then all of a sudden you know what maybe you're not grabbing that cup of coffee out or maybe you're saying no to uh, a happy hour at the time <laughs> you know whatever it might have been all of a sudden there was that little tiny bit and it's just that you have to start you know that's truly what it is and learn from an expert like yourself now where can people find you so i'm most active on instagram so i'm april the money coach on instagram and um, same on LinkedIn. Those are like the two platforms I'm the most active on. So I'm also Avery the Money Coach on LinkedIn. And then, as you mentioned, I have a, and I, I assume you'll probably put the um, the link to it, but I have a, a free millionaire money checklist. So with that, um, it, it teaches people the exact steps I took to become a millionaire. So basically I teach around a, a framework, like five key elements. So um, in those five key steps um what do you need to consider so you can kind of look at this checklist and say okay yeah i'm doing this i'm doing that i'm I'm not doing that maybe i need to do this so um that that you know checklist as i mentioned tells you kind of like the the exact steps i took the five key areas that helped me to become a millionaire um the simple but powerful way that i manage my money on a monthly basis and then also just some other things to consider as you're building wealth um so there i'm sure there'll be the link to that here and then it's also in my instagram bio um Oh, April the Money Coach, I always keep a link to that checklist in my bio there as well. Okay, perfect. And do you, are there any tools that you like to use, like any special apps that you think are key to help keeping you on track or an, any special podcasts you love listening to? Um, in the financial space, I... So I'm pretty old school. So in terms of like my budgeting, my money management, I do it. um, I love my spreadsheet because I can customize it. I can, you know, make it exactly how I want it. So that's what I personally use. And that's what I I give to my clients as well. But for those that are looking for something, um, I also like um, it's called uh, YNAB. You need a budget. 
So that's a, a budgeting tool that um, people tend to like. And there's another one called Every Dollar. But um, I hear good things about YNAB, you need a budget. The only thing with that is I think there's a little bit of a learning curve when you are first doing it, first, you know, filling it out. But I hear that once people get going on it, they really like it. So I've only I haven't like intimately worked with it. I've only kind of just looked at it because, you know, I do my own spreadsheet. But um, right. those are two tools that I look at and that I um, tend to recommend for people who want to use something. Yeah. And I'm like you, I'm old school. I love the paper and pen. I loved like after something, you know, I, I budget in it. I like putting my check mark after I see something come out. I'm always double checking because I have seen it time in and time again, like you think you paid something you probably did, but maybe there was some kind of mess up. So I always like to make sure after I pay something, I still see it come out of the bank on time yeah. and yeah. you know because of those things and i that's why i like my little you know paper and pen still not saying that we can't do that electronically you know do whatever works best for you but having that tracking system i think is key yeah and i, I mean what you're talking about is what i call um like reconciling and that's a term that's used in like accounting and business accounting and all of that and i find that um a lot of times with personal finance so you know being a business owner doing my bookkeeping, I have to reconcile my accounts. So basically, you know, what I expected to be spent versus what the bank statement says, making sure everything matches. And that's what I also teach my clients to do with their personal budget. And the thing is, we accept that in the business world, like, oh, yeah, that's smart bookkeeping and you know, all of that. But I think in our personal life, we think that it's restrictive, like it's too much. Like it's just it's interesting the way we treat personal finance versus any other area of our lives that we're intentional about, that we plan out, that we're strategic about, you know, we think that's smart. But I think for some reason, when it comes to finances and doing a budget, we just think that's restrictive or it's limiting. Um, so I think there's really a mindset thing that, you know, we have to get around because once you do, it opens up so much more for you um, and you will be able to see the power of it. Right. Well, and also sometimes you've, I don't know if you've heard, but I mean, I'll hear people think that money, oh, money's bad, you know, or, you know, they have to get into a different relationship with money. Absolutely. And it's sad. It's sad when I hear that because I'm like, well, I don't understand. <laughs> you know, I'm not saying money is everything, right? We we all know it's just what it can do for your life in the yeah. moment, right? It's in your tool. lifestyle. So it's, it's neither bad nor good. It's a tool, um, but it's a powerful tool. Um, it's a tool that you can do great things with if you're a good person. Of course, it's a tool you can do bad things with if you're a bad person, but um, it's in your hands as a tool. And I think that um, it's prudent to to really make use of that tool because it can you know, do great things for your life and the lives of others. Yeah. And April, what would you say your number one tip is? Um, <clears throat> excuse me. I would say that it's focusing on um, managing what you have. So I think there's so much focus on, I want to make more, I want to make more, I want to make more. Yeah, making more is great, but making more is not the answer. You can make more and then spend all of what you're making. So that's not what's really going to help you to build wealth or to um, increase your net worth. It's not really about what you make, but what you do with it. So I say learn how to manage what you have in your hands. Um, learn how to make it work for you, learn how to keep it. And then once you keep it, you know, then of course, invest it and multiply it. But 
that's really the key thing. And I will continue to shout it from the hills because people, I mean, I talk to so many people and they don't get it. Like they make great money, money, more money than I've ever made. And they have nothing to show for it. And so it's just really is not always about what you make. It's really about what you do with it, um, how you manage it, how you steward it. So that's my, my one tip, like learn how to really manage what you have. That's an amazing tip because it's so true. And I just love that you're sharing that and that others can learn from you because you're saying it doesn't matter what you make, right? It just, anyone can take your program. Like anyone can be part of it. It doesn't matter, you know, um, what income level you're at, you're going to show them the way. And then if they start making more money, they'll already know, mm -hmm. you know, uh, what you said, your spending plan. Yeah. Right. So they'll be the able framework. to implement it. Yeah. You have and a framework for what to do with your money. Cause that's what you learn. You learn the framework of how to relate to your money, how to make decisions. I mean, my money plan, like it's not a one and done thing. Like as I've uh, worked with money over the years, my own personal money, I always go back to my plan whenever something happens. I mean, life happens. So if I had to, you know, replace my car, um, how do, how do I go about that? Like, how do I work my money so that I don't necessarily have to go in debt for that if I don't want to. Like I work my framework, so it's something that's going to govern your relationship. Excuse me, with money um, throughout your life. Right, and I love that because that's it's keeping it real. Of course, if you need the new car, or if something happens, or you change jobs, you move. There's always life. It's mm -hmm. life. Absolutely. So we just have to learn yeah. how to have financial navigation mm -hmm. with that. But we have to learn it. So that's why I'm I'm. I'm screaming from the rooftops with you to go to um, the money coach. And definitely I'm excited to hear more about your um, the millionaire money checklist. I'm very excited about that. And I'm glad that we're going to be sharing that with everyone. Yes. Thank you so much, April. Thank you for having me. This went by so fast. I really appreciate <laughs> it. And again, where can everyone find you on social media? So I'm at April the Money Coach um, on Instagram and same on LinkedIn. Um, once you go into LinkedIn, if you put in April the Money Coach, you can find me there as well. Awesome. Thank you so much. Have a great day. Thank you. You too.